0: And welcome to Habs Unfiltered. I'm your host, Blaine Pudbe, and I'm joined by my co-host Matt Smith. Good evening. It is so nice to see you again. Nice to see I've you as
1: well. You. <laughs> I missed you too. It's been a while. <laughs> it has. Yeah.
0: Un- unfortunately, Treg couldn't join this uh this little happy reunion.
1: Well, hopefully I'll be back soon. Hopefully. It'd be nice yeah, to have the three busy. of us together. Right? It's very much a rarity these days. And with all the
0: facial hair, it looks like we're the Three Musketeers. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like watching the movie Hangover.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's always one guy that's disappeared. <laughs> Nowhere to be and found.
0: Another one that's on drugs. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: Guess which one it is. It's me. it's always me. Um, All right. So this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the all-star game. Uh, Thankfully, that's going to be behind us. Now the Canadians are going to be getting back on the ice here. They did. So today, as we record it's uh, it's Thursday, February 9th games are going to be starting again on the weekend. Uh, There's been some trades in the NHL, which could impact the Canadians. We'll get into that as well. But before we start, I just want to, uh, send my condolences to the families that were affected by that fucking asshole crashing a bus into a daycare. I, I can't imagine the pain that those families are going through. I just can't.
1: Yeah. Uh, you don't know what's going through someone's head that thinks up something like that. So, um, I'll echo your, uh, your, your words and just, you know, thoughts are with those families and, uh, with everyone that's going to be affected by this, uh, you know this this act that's just you know unimaginable why somebody would do something like this
0: it 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 boggles my mind i just cannot grasp the reasoning i don't think there could ever be a reason that would justify killing kids
1: yeah 100% so um
0: our hearts go out to you guys. Uh, hopefully, hopefully it's that uh, hopefully no one else has to suffer any permanent damage or further uh, loss. Anyway. All right, uh, now that that has brightened everyone's mood, we'll uh, we'll cheer everybody up with a little bit of talk about the all-star game and what kind of hot trash that was.
1: It was awful.
0: I mean, the games themselves with the, uh, the three on threes, they were okay. I mean, they exactly okay. what you expect. The, the, yeah. The
1: game itself, the game itself yeah. was all right. And, it, and and as you said, it was kind of what you expect. You had some divisions that gave a shit a little bit more than the others. And it definitely showed on the ice. Um, but that skills competition, like, Oh my God. Like
0: that loosely can be termed skills competition. Like
1: it, like you could tell nobody gave a shit. And, and it really showed like the effort wasn't there. And like, I know people are going nuts about some of the people that scored goals or didn't score goals or whatever else, but like it was trash and just like it 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 was it's it was kind of embarrassing for the league more than anything like it, it's I, I like i like the break because the players definitely definitely need it and it's great that these guys can go out and go on their tropical vacations and everything and kind of spend time with their families and and come back yeah but, but the guys that get voted into the all-star game it used to like it used to be something that was worth watching
0: yeah, there was a prestige to being picked there was yeah. a prestige to going yeah uh, not so much anymore um and, and that skills competition i mean as hard as it was to watch and i i i just couldn't even my son who's 12 years old and he's right into this stuff even he was kind of blasé about it but i have okay. to give the nhl some credit because they put in some kind of effort to try and make things you know spice them up a little bit like that that shootout on the beach with the dump tanks mm-hmm. that's an original idea that uh, you know it seemed like it'd be a good idea but the wind being a factor with the giant surfboards you think they would have caught on to that one but right
1: at, at least they tried right there was just there was just no flow like for instance the fastest yeah. skater competition fastest skater used to be an event where everybody did their stuff and then it was like, okay, you two were the fastest. Now you guys are going to go against each other. Instead, it was an hour later until Chandler Stevenson and Sveshnikov skated off against each other. An hour yeah. later. And, yeah. like, Instead and like... of just that,
0: having the that, that skill competition, yeah. uh, having that one skill together for a few minutes and then right. moving on to the next one. And
1: then move on. It was the same thing for the accuracy shooting which I feel bad for McDavid because, you know, go four for four and like nine, 10 seconds. And then all of a sudden you have to prove yourself again. Um, it's, 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 it's dumb. Like I remember that being an event where it was like, you saw, you know, guys like Jeremy Roenick, Ray Bork, et cetera. And, you know, you go four for four and it was like, Hey, everyone was on their feet. Like, yeah. It was, it was so boring to watch and that 10 D tandem, nobody knew really what the fuck was going on there. Um, yeah. the, um, that breakaway competition that was just kind of bits and pieces throughout the, ter- like throughout the event, it wasn't even a full thing. It was okay. Marner came out, he came out in a breakaway on the long go. And then, you know, 45 minutes or so passed and then somebody else came out and did it to the judges and it it made no sense. There was no flow. I can see why people are very disappointed at this. Yeah. And, um, the one that would, the one that just, and it pisses me off even more that Suzuki won it because it's a golf (laughs) event, right? And like cue the jokes, of course but that but that whole uh what it was called the pitch and puck or whatever the hell it was like give me a break and you could tell as i said you could tell the players didn't give a fuck and all this stuff was previously recorded and it was just very terribly thrown together um good on the nhl for throwing it in florida so you know the guys that are down there got to get a little bit of good weather other than that, though, is very poorly, poorly done on the on on the NHL's part, and uh, maybe honestly, they could l- learn something from how Laval did it for the AHL Skills Competition and the AHL All Star Game because those were actually worth watching.
0: Well, they even yeah, and what I really liked about the AHL All Star Game. They, there there was a flow to it. Everything was in the building. So the fans yeah. were involved. There was no sitting around staring at a screen yeah. after paying to get into a building. Yeah. And they events. removed the glass. Two,
1: and I like that. I like that. I was going to yeah. bring that up. I like that they, they, they pretty much from almost the face off dot to face off dot. Yeah. All that glass was in it was very more of a uh, uh, fan focused event, as you said. Like, and you yeah. guys were. Guys weren't paying to go and then watch two events on a screen. It was like, as I say, if I would have been there, I just I would have been like, what, like, what the hell is this? Well, the All Star Game in Florida was as disorganized as
0: Florida's politics. It was just (laughs) or trying to find
1: or trying to find your seats in the arena, which we've done before.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which empty seat am I filling this today? Yeah, okay. uh... But it was, you know what but, they needed but, they needed that kid cutty thing where the guy was banging his girlfriend up in the stands
1: <laughs> but honestly it was just it was embarrassing and uh there could be some changes that could be made uh one you know get a little bit of flow go event by event um you know like i i don't want to like shit on creativity because yes you want to yes you want to bring in some new ideas and everything, but some of them just don't work. And 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 sometimes you get to think to yourself when they're making these ideas, like who's making these final decisions on, on some of these events that go through or some of these judges they bring in and everything like that. Like it was, it was a waste. It was a waste of time. The only thing that's good for the players that were picked is the extra money that they make for being selected and the extra yeah. money that Matthew Chuck is making for being the MVP, which are cat—I think yeah. category, category A and B bonuses on your contract, which is like, yeah, I think qu- on which guys. I think is like a quarter million bucks. So that ain't, that ain't you too know, bad.
0: No, it's not too bad. It's the kind of money you'd like to make for going to Florida, I suppose. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and next year's uh, event is going to be in Toronto. Yeah. So I'm wondering what kind of gimmick they're going to show because they can only do one round of anything in Toronto. <laughs>
1: you know what it's going to you know it'll be it'll be interesting to see because it's going to be uh it's going to be in a totally different climate obviously end of january early february in ontario is going to be a hell of a lot than different than being in florida so what you see what you're saying is that dunk tank in toronto will be a lot more interesting it could very well could be (laughs) you know but like they but it could really end up being something um worth watching and i'm not just saying it because it's yeah. going to be in toronto but it's 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 going to be based in canada you know what are they going to do yeah i
0: don't think yeah because I, it, it, because it's in canada i don't think they feel like they're going to have to be as gimmicky to mm-hmm. get butts in seats or get eyes on the screen so maybe they go back to something a little bit more traditional. I personally I would love to see a Rendezvous 87 style All-Star weekend. You know a little bit of a mini tournament international flavor, you know world cup kind of idea. Yeah. Bring in some uh some intensity to the All-Star weekend and but this and is the and only make it problem a little different with that.
1: This is the only problem with that. They don't want to bring intensity into this because well, no, they, it's a no because, hit thing. because they don't want these players to be injured during this tournament which which brings a lot of the life out of the game yeah For you might see sport. a little right you might see a little bit more stick checking and everything when games get closer when you're got a million dollars on the line type thing but there's there's no incentive to win other than that chunk of money that gets that obviously gets distributed between all the players but there there's no there's no incentive maybe if they no. maybe if they added some sort of incentive to the winning division then maybe then maybe that you'd see a little bit more and maybe a little bit more intensity or a little bit more give a fuck from the players
0: uh, add in a play-in game for an extra team in the playoffs, or some shit, some crazy shit like that. Well, you
1: could do like there, like there's so many crazy ideas floating out there. Um, yeah, I had this conversation with a buddy of mine the other day, and I brought up the idea that the winning division, the winning division, if it happens that they win the cup. Okay, so say if the yeah. Metro was to win the All Star game. And then they won the cup that that team would get um, a chance at the lottery for the draft. Like I'm talking about like they they would get the, like obviously the highest, the, uh, the lowest odds to win, but they'd still have that 1% chance to win, to win the lottery and move up 10 spots. So they could only I mean, that'd move be up... great for the fans. Well, they so well they'd only be able to move up from what what they would have like they would only be able to go up because they would be an extra team. So they'd be seventeen. So they'd only be able to move up if ten spots. They would only be able to move up to seven.
0: Yeah, I I guess, but I don't see how that would that would get the players more involved because the players know. really don't give a shit about that.
1: I guess. But it's just it's but, it, like uh, I, I, they could work something in to make it make people care. May, maybe go back to the old uh,
0: the old style of the Stanley Cup champion team plays a group of all stars. Yeah,
1: and and I'd actually like to see them go back to East versus West, or and play yeah. five on five again instead of the three on three bullshit. And um, I'd also like to see the skills competition instead of it being so individually based have what they did in the AHO or what they used to do and have it. So their, their point totals during the skill, like, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. And, and even if they wanted to do it divisionally based, maybe your division based um, results from your skills competition will reflect into what your um, all-star game teams would be. So, you know, one against four, two against three, instead of just saying it's always going to be the central against the Pacific, et cetera.
0: Yeah, no, there's a lot of ideas that could improve that gong show of a weekend. (laughs) Uh, It's got, has become, has become kind of uh, a meh kind of event. And and the, the NHL doesn't want that. The NHL needs it to be a little bit more talked about. Yeah. And in a good way, not yeah. the way
1: we're doing it right now. And I th- and I think that's so, why they and I think that's why they put it in Toronto. To be honest, I, I think, think that's so. I think that's why they put it in the Canadian market for next year. Yeah,
0: right, right next to TSN. We all know how much they love the Leafs. <laughs> um, well, we're going from the All Star Game to an All Star Trade. So today, as we record, Tarasenko is now a New York Ranger, and the Rangers gave up. Uh, a couple of conditional picks a conditional first conditional seconds uh there's a whole bunch of other crap semi Blair and a couple of uh, like uh, mid-level players that nobody really knows unless they google them yeah so essentially the rangers just became a much better team because you put him on a line with someone like panarin and Zabanajad. oh yeah holy shit
1: which makes the Metro a little bit harder. It does. It does. Other teams in the Metro are going to have to, uh, like right now the Rangers are third in the Metro, Um, but there's going to be other teams that are going to have to make a move now because bringing in a player of his caliber is going to make people start picking up the phone. That's for sure. Um, It's a huge win for the Rangers for that trade. It really is. They, They really gave up nothing for him and and that's gonna kind of show that st louis giving up a player of that caliber caliber even though there's been talks for the last year or so that he is on the block um right now they're sitting third last in the central yeah five points back in nashville so it's 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 maybe looking like they're gonna start to sell off some assets Well, he just did huge, but more assets, and maybe they're maybe they're starting to understand that let's get our let's get our players out, or let's get our deals done now, and try to see what the market's like, because they don't want to get to a point where they're asking for too much, and then they have to settle. And I I really think that they didn't ask for enough for Tarasenko.
0: No, not in this case. No, but this what this does is signal that. The uh, the Blues are definitely going into a rebuild. Yeah. And O'Reilly is on the block. He so is, that's, and he's,
1: that's a big he, piece. He, he is. And he's already talked about um, the potential of him being on the block. He is their captain. And yeah. he is happy where, the, he's happy where he's at. Yeah. Right? Is, and, and, he, and, and he's already said that he's happy Blues? where he's at. Well, it's hard to say. I don't know what his. Uh, I think he's got a no move, but I'm not 100% sure. I'd have to look at his contract details. If he does, either way, then he, it's it's really his own. He controls his own destiny, just like a guy like Patrick Kane, who apparently the Rangers were very in on, but his hip injury was kind of scaring them off a little bit, so they went another yeah. direction. And apparently, the ask was way too much.
0: Well, it would have been a lot more than what they gave up for Tarasenko. Yeah, well, that's absolutely, for sure. Absolutely. But this Tarasenko deal, what it does is it, it it's a gigantic scream to the rest of the Metro that they're in it, they're in it to win it, and that means teams like the Devils, yep. who have been looking to make some waves, yep. and Carolina, both really have to make a, a deal now. There, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. If they, they want and to you look, you, truly and you, compete, they need to make a move.
1: Yeah, and you look at Carolina, who just lost Pacioretty again, unfortunately. Um, another yeah, Achilles yeah. injury. Um, they've yeah. got the money. They get the money to spend. So you yeah. look at a guy yeah, that's maybe like seven mil. Yeah, you may, you look at a guy, they they need a center and they need some they need a winger. So I'm looking at maybe them picking up the phone and looking at a team Meyer, and I could throw that into the the devil's plan as well.
0: Yeah, I can see both teams in on Meyer for sure. I think that ten million dollars uh, the the qualifying offer for Meyer. Is probably going to take Carolina out of that that deal, though, because we all know that even though Dundon likes to pretend he's this big, rich billionaire, which he is, but he's a cheap ass. <laughs> he does not want to spend that kind of money. Yeah,
1: it's going to really depend on. It's going to really depend on the team acquiring the player, if it's going to purely be a rental, or if they think that they can make the make that signing.
0: Yeah. It, with the Devils making a move like that, it makes sense in my in my view because they desperately need a player like that. He's got a history with guys like Heischer and playing in Halifax, and he's his age fits their core group. Yeah, and they have the money to sign him long term.
1: Yeah, they have the assets to that get too. him as well because they've been shit for so many years. And they've went prospect after prospect after prospect. You look at their prospect well, it's one of the deeper ones in the league. Yeah, so they have the they have the the players there, the young players there that uh, another team that's looking to do a rebuild are going to want to ask for. And I, I I say that they could make that deal. Another and then I think so. You know, let's just say another one for Meyer would be Vegas because Mark Stone just had a back surgery and he's going to. Mm-hmm. I think he's out the rest of the year
0: and if there's any one team in the NHL that loves making a massive splash it's Vegas
1: that's right however so their pro- their prospects and their their depth definitely not as ha- definitely not as good as what it used to be because no. they gave them all away to acquire players that have made them what they are today and they're still they're still the top team in the Pacific i'm not going to i'm not going to shit on them but they've made a lot of say outlandish trades over the last little bit or some outlandish signings, some that have worked out, some that haven't. But at the end of the day, they're still the top team in the, in their respective division. Yeah. I'm not sure that I can see Vegas
0: being a team that would win the West. And even if they did by some miracle compete with anybody that comes out of the East, I can't, I can't see it. Right. But the devils, if they do miss out on Meyer, because Myers considered to be one of those new age power forwards, he's not necessarily you know, like in a prototypical type, uh, but he's got, he's got the size he can score, but if they miss out on him, do they take a swing on Anderson?
1: Hard to say. It's hard to say, like that, cheaper. But, that, but that would be a, more of a hockey trade as opposed to a possible rental situation or a sign and trade or whatever else you want to call it. Yeah. Um, That'd be more of a hockey deal, and it's it's I really don't know if Anderson's gonna move. I I honestly don't. I I know that the devils I, I know that Hughes is very high on this player, and so is the team. Yeah, and and I mean they like pretty much everybody on the roster,
0: but everybody has a price. That's right. So if the devils call and say, hey, we're gonna give you a second at
1: Holtz, right?
0: Well he's packed up and ready to move before he hangs
1: up the phone. Right. It really, it's honestly, it's going to depend on offers that come through. There's players there's that are, there's players that are going to move in Montreal. We already know this, but there's, there's Anderson.
0: I don't see being anything that can move at the deadline really, unless they blow the doors off of Hughes,
1: just because of his contract. If he moves, it's going to, uh, in my opinion, I've said this a, a few times since we brought this topic up, a few times um i can see if he moves it's going to be a, a a draft trade or a or an off season trade
0: yeah yeah
1: it's going to be more of a hockey well, deal players are going to or teams are going to look and see where they're at during the summer and they're going to say okay do we need a player like this and then well there's few players that play with the style that anderson plays with
0: yeah. No, he's a uh, power forwards are hard to find in the NHL right now, especially a guy who's on pace for 25 goals on probably one of the worst teams in the league yeah, yeah. Uh, playing with a bunch of AHLers at times. Yeah, yeah. But uh, whatever, whatever Hughes does, I think at this deadline, he should have the focus on, obviously he's trying to get the maximum deal, but he should also be looking to help the team a little bit by, Stacking the deck against the Panthers. Right. Because the lower they go in the standings, the better it is for them.
1: It's true. That's true. So and like, get- and yeah, well, I hope the, I hope the Florida games lose the games, but you know, they, they, they beat what they beat Tampa, what, like seven to one the other day or something. So.
0: Well, I mean, that was a, that was the grudge match for uh, a revenge game for beating up on their, their, uh, their mascot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nobody beats hard. on him but us. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, honestly it's hard to say. Like, if we want to keep into the rumors, uh, we can jump into Joel Edmondson. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's looking like Edmonton and the Kings have reached out. Obviously, Mark yeah, that Berge- makes sense to me. Yeah, Mark Bergevin works for the Kings now. He's the one that signed him to that contract. I can yeah. see why I can see why the Kings would be uh, interested, but I don't know well, what ki- are... I don't know what kind of I just don't know what kind of return you're going to get from the Kings. But I think it would be well, a better return than what Edmonton would give you.
0: Maybe, uh, but here's the thing with the Kings, uh, and I talk about this with uh, Marco D'Amico in the last episode. The Kings are stacked on the right side of the defense they desperately need left side defenders and they need veterans who have a little bit of a, a, an edge to their game. Right now Edmondson kind of like that. He's a little bit more mobile. He's not quite as physical as he has been in the past, but he kind of fits the bill and they could offer up a right-handed defenseman in return. So that could be a pure hockey trade, right? Edmonton, on the other hand, that's, that's a, if you're, whole look, other if, you're looking at,
1: if you're looking at the Kings, though, who are you asking for? Or what do you think a deal would be looking for? Would they be looking to, to get that first-round pick from the Kings?
0: I think they would be looking for a first-round pick, but if the Kings don't want to give up that pick, uh, it's going to be a player, okay. clearly. um, I don't know. I don't know. It's It's hard to say who would be who would be worth the Kings giving up to get Edmondson?
1: Yeah. Cause a lot of people are talking about this now that, uh, that they've brought up the fact that he has been linked to that team and, and, mm-hmm. and people were throwing names out there like Turcotte and Vallardi and stuff like that. Like, that's not going to happen. Right. Like I'll be a realist. No. Like I'm not playing NHL on my PlayStation right now. Like I'm being a realist. I play like uh, it's not going to happen, even though, You've got Kopitar, you've got uh, Deneau, you've got Quentin Byfield, you've got Turcotte, you've got Volarty. All these guys are centers, and they only got so many places to really put them. A player like Evanston unfortunately, isn't going gonna, isn't gonna to make that deal. Um, I would think that if they can't get a first, which is likely what the first ask is going to be from Hughes, um, they do have a pair of third-round picks, and they have their own second. So maybe it would be a second and a prospect for instance. And if I'm looking at their prospects, you brought up the fact that you're going to, you're going to possibly look for a defenseman two defensemen that kind of catch my eye are maybe Granz, big yeah. Swedish defenseman uh, yep. who's playing in Ontario right now. Uh, if they want to go on the more offensive side, you're looking at Jordan Spence. who used to play for the Monk Wildcats. So I saw, so I've seen him play. I know you've seen him play. Um, and if they want to go a little bit more, let's go for a forward. I would be looking at Francisco Pinelli, who is a teammate of Mesher in Kitchener.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think grants would be a, a home run return if that's what he would get back. And I can see them being willing to, uh, give up that asset to get Edmondson and maybe even throw in something else. Nothing, nothing major, but something else. Right. Um, yeah, and that would definitely make a big difference for the Kings, who are, who are in a dogfight for the playoffs right now.
1: Right. So that's the Kings. If you're looking at Edmonton, what are you, what are you looking at for a trade? Uh, because they've got all their picks, at, as the Oilers or as the Canadians. Well, we're talking about Edmonton. If they, because they've been linked, they've been linked to both teams. Um, yep. have been linked to Chetron, which is obviously going to be the big money, big uh deal yep. Arizona's Arizona is going to ask the moon for him. Then you've got Edmondson and you've got Gabrikov with Columbus, and all of those teams have been linked to these three players.
0: Well, yeah, they're they're all kicking tires on defensemen, right. and you can throw the Bruins in on that list, yeah. Uh, but if the, um, uh, I don't know if the if the Oilers are looking for a player, a defenseman, mm-hmm. uh, it's probably going to be someone with some term. Right. Because that GM, <laughs> he doesn't like gambling too, too much. He likes that that security blanket. Right. And Edmondson having another year, that kind of gives him a little bit of certainty. Um, it, it balances out their, their defense with a little bit of experience, a little bit of size. Some, uh, you know, a little bit of mobility, but more defensive play. Right. And that's something that they're, they're kind of lacking in. Um, So for them, they're going to have to move some money out to bring in three and a half million bucks. They only got about a million bucks in deadline space. So you're looking at something around 2.5 to $3 million has to go out of Edmonton. Now, bringing in Edmondson on the blue line, that means you're going to have to probably move someone back down to the minors. So someone like a Broberg or Evan Bouchard, I don't know, whoever they decide. Um, so that's that's about almost a million bucks.
1: So We're who gonna, do they give up? Who?
0: Uh, it's, who what well, else do they move?
1: The ask is going to end up being their first. I think we are I think we know that the ask yeah. the the starting ask for him is going to be a first which they do have. Um yep. if the first isn't an option you go to the second but then you bump up whatever else your ask is going to be. I know that uh, there's been a lot of uh, rumors around Xavier Borgo. Yeah, I know yeah. have. I know there have been a lot of rumors uh with him. Uh and you also have um Raphael Lavoie?
0: Uh I don't know if he would be something they want. He doesn't have the best um rep reputation for work ethic. Uh, yeah. yeah. uh Boljo actually does, and he, he's a former first round pick, so that's their first round in return that would right. check that
1: box. What about Reed Schaefer?
0: Uh, maybe, maybe, uh, I'm looking at McLeod right now. Uh, that's a guy who's 23 years old. He's going to be coming on to his, he's a, a restricted free agent at the end of the year. He's starting to become an NHL regular. I can see him being something that the, the Oilers would be willing to, to give up, to get Edmondson. And that could be that first round value that, uh, that Hughes is looking for. Because he's right. a former first rounder as well. McLeod, There's...
1: McLeod's second. McLeod, yeah. McLeod, McLeod was second. Uh, yeah, same thing. <laughs> he was he, was. he was. He picked was picked thirty second or something. He was. Yeah, something like that. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm just gonna double check here. See where he's drafted. He was drafted. Oh no, fortieth. Okay. Never. But mind. even then, even then, it way. could be.
1: It could be. It could be an option. As part of the,
0: as part of a package, sure. I know that. What about, uh, about Poliar? The standard. I was going to say that. I said the standard response would be, "Hey, let's just throw three million bucks for the three and a half." And to be honest, if they th- use him as a throw-in on the deal, I would be all for it. I think that would be an excellent move by the Canadians, depending on what else comes with them. If they can get a first-round pick, plus Poliarvi. It's an yeah.
1: absolute no-brainer. Yeah. So his qualifying offer for next year is an RFA. His qualifying offer would be $3 bucks.
0: Yeah, and here's the thing. He comes in. He has no pressure. If he performs well in Montreal, you can get him to sign for less than his qualifying offer. That's a possibility. If he reaches the levels of his qualifying offer, then he's worth it for another year. And if he doesn't play well, you just don't qualify him and you let him walk away. And right. you still have that first-round pick, right? Right. So, so it's a it's a low-risk, high-reward kind of addition to any deal. And the Canadians are looking for guys with size who can who can skate, and he he fits the bill. Absolutely. Uh, will Edmondson end up there? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I think the Kings are probably going to be a little bit more aggressive just because Bergevin loves it, loves Edmondson. Yeah. So who knows? Time will tell. Who knows? Which brings us to the, uh, the injuries because Edmondson right now he's day to day. He was on the ice skating, uh, away from the team, uh, prior to practice today, the first day back for the Canadians on the ice. And he was joined by Sean Monaghan, who's back on the ice and he was wearing normal gear, you know, contact Jersey, the whole thing. But again, not practicing with the team yet, but he is on the ice again and he is skating, going through the drills. So that, that kind of points to, he could possibly come back, but how long we don't know. Um, Eric Engels uh, tweeted about this, and the expectation now is that management su- uh, should be giving some kind of update before their next game on Saturday.
1: Yep. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, like the the it's bad for the Canadians the longer this the longer he's not playing, because then yeah it's the there's going to be teams that are going to either not make a bid for his services or the bid is going to be a lot lower than what we expected because like with how he was playing prior to his injury and then he was only supposed to miss a short amount of time everyone's still like first round pick first round pick first round pick first round pick starts with the first round pick and and now the the longer this drags on the possibility of a first round pick is starting to kind of get pulled away as well.
0: Well, yes and no, because if he's, if, if he can come back prior to the playoffs, I don't think a team's really going to give a crap. But the thing is with Bo Horvat now off the board and now, uh, o- O'Reilly is back into the mix for trade because clearly the blues are, are looking to, to make deals. Who else is going to be on the block? Who else is going to be available at center that teams are going to start looking for? Because the longer he's out, the more they're going to start kicking tires on other guys, and maybe something else falls out of falls off a bookshelf somewhere. Right. That's my concern. Yeah. Could be, you know, like you're playing musical chairs with centers, and Hughes could be the last one at the dance, uh, holding a center that he doesn't want anymore. Right.
1: What do you think right now? I'm just, I'm hoping that uh, whatever injury that he has had that's kept him out for this long, well, we know it's his foot, but why is it taking a lot longer than what they were projecting? Um, I'm hoping that he can still turn this into a first round pick. That was the, that was the hope. That was the thought. That was the, uh, the plan. We know that Hughes wants that third, first round pick. There's teams out there that could definitely use those services. Uh, we've talked about a few of them: Washington, Colorado, etc. Um, but I, I just, I don't, I, I, I'm not sure at this point what what the return was going to be, or if or if he's going to be a step behind yeah. when he comes back and you know we're we're already looking at a different team with all the injuries that are out there right now. It's not like he's going to come back and play with the same players he was playing with. The level intensity is not there the what it used to be. So I don't know is that going to affect the is that going to affect anything?
0: Yeah, it's hard to say. It really is and what teams are going to be out there looking for a center or willing to give up that first would uh would Carolina give up a first for a rental? Uh, Maybe if the Canadians eat half the cap and he's capable of playing. Sure. The fact that they got a first round pick just for taking him off Calgary's hands, really whatever the return is in a deal, it's, it's still a win. Yeah. It would just be a a massive win if they can pull off, pull off another first. And somehow, especially in such a deep draft,
1: especially in such a deep draft.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. There's uh, like a, the Canadians do need goaltending in their yeah. in their system. And if they had a third pick, they can pick up a guy like Michael Hrabel, who's a six-foot-six goaltender, right, who's slated to go in the first round.
1: Yeah, with that late pick and not have to exactly. worry about reaching, perhaps, with the Florida pick. Yeah, exactly. And
0: right now, the Florida pick's somewhere around 12, 13.
1: Yeah. More but likely, the, it's going to end they, up being a top 15. But when they win the lottery and they move down to like three... <laughs> then Montreal doesn't have to use like five to pick a goal.
0: <laughs> because oh, no, no, they already picked
1: Connor Bedard. Oh. <laughs> Hello. Cause they won the lottery themselves. That's right.
0: <laughs> Everything moves up. Yeah. Which kind of gives me, gives me a thought. Um, what do you do if you're the Canadians and you have say pick number six and pick number 12, do you, with number six, do you do you go after Michkov?
1: If he's available he's Who's gonna
0: slide a little bit? Yeah. Or do you just go with someone else like a Will Smith or Del or Dvorsky? And at twelve, if Michkov is still there, do you pick him then? Or do you go still go off the board? If
1: Michkov drops to twelve and they don't pick him, I'll like I'll throw something on my screen. because there's no way you pass on a player like that especially if he drops that far and you have that yeah. second first to be able to take a chance on there's no way you you no way you pass up a player like that i know you're not going to see him for a few years cuz he's still going to be under contract but this is a very good goal scorer goal scorers are a premium at the nhl at the nhl level this is a guy that you have to pick for sure
0: he is undersized and the Canadians already have an undersized scoring winger.
1: They do. So they do. do you have two? He's only, he's going to be, if it's going to be a few years getting into the league anyway. Yeah. Right. So I wouldn't, I, I, I still can't say that I'd pass on if he, if he, if he falls to 12, 13 and this guy was projected to go top three, perhaps. It'd be very hard to pass on.
0: I can't argue that. It's worked with even if
1: you like people passed on Caulfield, which I know we're gonna get into in a second. People passed on Caulfield because of his size and look look at the player he's turned into. And on a team on a team that's not that skilled.
0: True. But how many Stanley Cup winning teams have that many undersized players because the Canadians also have a they have uh Farrell, they've got a few others who are a little undersized. How many undersized forwards can you have and still be a cup winning team?
1: That's true, that's true,
0: but at the same yeah. time, you could trade Mitchkov when he's about ready for whatever you need.
1: Yeah.
0: That is a possibility. Now, we'll get into a little bit on uh, on Caulfield here and his injury and his return um. Breaking news. Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedgered Pro Kit. From the beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to Manscaped.com and using code UNFILTERED20 for 20% off and free shipping. It's time to tame your mane. No one likes a weird beard. Say say goodbye to all your stubble trouble with Manscaped's Pro Beard Kit. It all starts with the Beard Hedger. This thing is a juggernaut of fixing faces. First off, this cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard. So no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. That's right, face grooming doesn't need to be hard. Get 20 different beard lengths in just one guard. Plus, it's waterproof, so you can shave in the shower to avoid all that hair in the sink. The titanium-coated T-Blade is tough on hair, but smooth on your face, leading to single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. The Pro Kit doesn't end there, though. They have created four dermatologically tested formulations for your post-trim care. First, there is the Beard Shampoo and Conditioner. You need to remember all your hair is different. Your beard hair is more coarse and easier to damage than the hair on your head. That's why the kit has made shampoo and conditioner specially designed to moisturize, reduce ingrown hairs, replace natural oils, and promote beard health. Next, the kit has Manscaped's beard oil, an essential piece for your main facial accessory. No one wants a guy whose beard is brittle and dry. The oil relieves dryness both on the beard and the skin beneath, while adding a little shimmer and shine, making your look extra fine. Tap off the kit with the Beard bomb. A, prom- a pomade that shapes, styles, moisturizes, and tames for a sculpted look to attract any fellows or dames. The Pro Beard Kit also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code unfiltered20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscape.com and use the code unfiltered20. Manscaped Beer Hedger, one stroke, one guard, 20 lengths. So that brings me to uh, Caulfield and a little bit about his injury and maybe his contract. So he had the surgery. Uh, I talked about this in a previous episode with Marco, but what do you, what are your thoughts on the injury itself, and, and your thoughts on his recovery? Because you've you've had injuries similar to this before. Yeah. What do you think?
1: Well, I like the fact that he was very confident when it came to the surgery. It wasn't, uh, hey, I'm scared to do it it was the same uh, individual that did Josh Anderson's. And so far, Anderson has really been a new player. He's he's in a little bit. He's He was always a physical player, but he just kind of seems that he's getting a little bit more, there's a little bit more to his game now. Um, in terms of the recovery, he's going to be back before, it looks like he's going to be back for training camp. So it's not going to hurt the team. It's not going to hurt him. So if he comes back and he's going to be the same player just with a stronger shoulder like Anderson, I'm not too scared about it. And I don't think that it's going to affect his long-term deal, which we know he's going to get. Gone are the days that a player like that is going to get a bridge deal. And I'm looking at two players that signed in the last little while, Matt Boldy and Dylan Cousins who were both drafted that same year. And I'm looking at those contracts as comparables to what Caulfield's going to be asking for or receive.
0: Yeah. um, I think it does kind of, uh, if anyone was thinking he was going for nine million or was going to get nine million, no. What those two deals do is right. temper that that worry a little bit.
1: Yeah. So like Matt Boldy, for instance, twelfth um, overall, twenty nineteen. He signed a seven by seven deal. Bill Guerin signed him to that deal. You got Dil- Dylan Cousins, who just signed the other day, who was seventh overall in twenty nineteen. Just signed a deal, um, 7 by 7.1, right? He's having a very good season at 43 points in 49 games. Boldy is sitting at 36 points in 50 games. Prior to his injury, Caulfield was sitting on 36 in 46 with 26 goals. As I said earlier, goal scoring is a premium in the league. So I can see him being the player that makes the most of the, these three players, but at the same time, I'm not going that much higher with with his contract. Like there's like you just I, I I look at other players that are goal scorers in this league and look at some of their contracts, and I'm like, you can't pl- you like. As much as I love Cole Caulfield, you can't pay this guy more than these players, right? One of them being, one of them being Tage Thompson, who's making 7.1 starting next Mm -hmm. year an eight year deal. Yes. He's 25 years old. So he's closer to his prime and he was a late bloomer. And then I look at the other one being um, Jason Robertson, who's making 7.75 right now. And both of them are premium goal scorers in the league right now. And he's 23 years old. So I, I, I'm looking at a deal for Caulfield. I'm saying 7.25 at the most eight year deal Um, or a seven year deal. If you go into the eighth, the eighth year, then I could see them moving, you know, uh, moving the moving the cap money up a little bit but if it's a similar 7 year deal like one of those other two players 7.25 that's the highest i would go well right now
0: uh the word on the street uh from what i've been hearing from others uh and what i've seen on certain websites is that they both both sides want a long term deal So that, that bodes well. So that means seven to eight years. Great. That way Suzuki and Caulfield could be together for a long time throughout their entire uh, prime, basically. Right. My thing is when I'm looking at the comparables, I try to also look at comparables from the past to see how that fits and how much of the cap percentage did each one of those players make. And I, I haven't seen much more than 9 to 10% for a big name winger, usually closer to nine. Uh, only a handful have gone to 10. And that was overpayments by teams like Toronto. Right. So I'm thinking closer to 7.75. But how much pressure do players like Caulfield, who want to win, yeah. look at other teams in their division and say, well, those guys are getting long term deals for a little bit cheaper leaving money on the table for other players on the team like Buffalo. They've got their two top two centers signed for under $15 million for the next seven years. How much does that factor into his thinking saying, well, maybe I can take just a little bit less. That's true. That's true. So does he take closer to 8% or does he go all the way to 9%? But either way, I don't see him getting
1: more than Suzuki. No. No. No, I can't I can't see that either. I don't think there's I don't think there's a chance that's gonna happen. Um I'm looking at who's gonna get signed first between and they're two different players, but they do the same job. So don't fucking freak out on me in the comment section by comparing the two. But I'm looking at a guy That's
0: Matt Smith at
1: <laughs> But I'm looking at David Pasternak. Okay. David Pasternak is coming off of a very good deal for the Bruins, making $6.6 million, um, which was signed back in 2017. He is now sitting at 72 points with 38 goals in 51 games. Obviously, two completely different players, two completely different teams, especially in the standings. Okay. But this is a guy that is now. 26 years old going he'll be 27 in May prime years of his career he's going to want to look for a huge contract if he makes 11 million bucks do you think that possibly will bump up a younger player as in Caulfield could that bump up his ask
0: I mean I'm sure they'll try but whether it works out or
1: not, I don't think. I don't think so. Because he was on pace this and year. I, he was on pace for, his, let's just say, his first 40 goal season. True. But
0: Pasternak has a longer track record. He does. He does. And a more and proven he's, one.
1: He does. But I'm just wondering if that deal gets done first, if it's going to hurt the Canadians. I don't think it will.
0: Uh, no, you know, I, I I'm with you. I don't think it'll hurt them. Uh, I don't see Pasternak taking such a team friendly deal again either. I see him no. taking something
1: much closer to market value. Yeah. Well, a guy like Krejci is likely gone. You've got um, you've got a guy in Bergeron. Even though I love the guy, even though he's brewing, he's probably gone at the end of the year too. Yeah. I mean. His age, but they, but they also yeah. have to sign most of their team because they are really, other than their defense, and um, they they everyone else is pretty much a free agent at the end of the year, other than Marshawn Hall, Coyle, and Zaka, and AJ Greer for forwards. Everyone else is we need to sign a bunch of players so. Pasternak's gonna look at that, and he's gonna say, "I I want this money." So, yeah, I I don't think I don't think he's gonna take a a team friendly deal either. But um, going back to Caulfield, going back to Caulfield, um, I would not pay him more than Suzuki, and I'd only pay him more than seven and a half million dollars, or seven point two five, if he signs on for the eighth year, because then you're no, no, I I think that's reasonable because you're you're betting on the player. Like If you look at comparable players from the same year that just got 7 and 7.1 respectively, yes, they're three different players. However, being that he is the goal scorer of the group, that's your premium. That's who I'm paying more. But I would not go more than 7.25 until we get into the eighth year. Then I'd jump up seven and a half, seven point seven five, 7.75 at most. I'm looking at the 2019 draft class right now.
0: And Jack Hughes might be the more, might be someone who can score almost as much. Maybe Capocacco. Uh, I can't see it. I really can't. Uh, I'm looking down the list. I mean, cousins has just signed, like you mentioned. Jeez. Um, Peyton Krebs hasn't really broken in yet, but he he might be pretty good, but I don't see him scoring goals like Caulfield. I don't see anybody in this draft class that could honestly be considered well, as even, good of a goal scorer.
1: Well, even Jack Hughes, right? Jack Hughes is signed to his deal. He's already signed it. Yeah, He's got 35 goals this year, having a very good season with the Devils at 67 points. In mm-hmm. fifty games or so, he only signed for eight million bucks. Eight by eight. he signed exactly. eight by eight, and he is and a, that's my point, right? And he is a much better say two way threat, goal scorer slash playmaker than Caulfield. True, is, right? That's true, I, and I don't see anybody in this
0: in this entire draft class that really challenges at the goal scoring level, but points total wise, there's a, there's the handful and none of them are really breaking the $8 million
1: mark. So
0: oh. I'm with you. A and a half over eight, I think is right. a very reasonable deal. Yeah.
1: Another player that I'd be so. looking at possibly um, when it comes to a comparable will be Zegers when he signs. Because he'll, yeah. he'll need to sign yeah. as well. And he was same draft. Right? He went ninth overall, I believe, that year. And yes, he, he did. And, and, and... As of, and as of right now, he has not signed his deal. Um, He's got 43 points in 52 games, playing on a very, very, very weak team. Mm-hmm. Last year, he put up 61 points in 75 games.
0: Yeah. His career totals are pretty similar to the to uh to Caulfield's as well.
1: Yeah. I could see all those players being in around seven million, seven and a half million bucks.
0: I can see that. So we just solved the Canadian's cap structure for the next (laughs) 10 years. Yeah. Um and now that we're done that, do you have any final thoughts?
1: Uh not about the team. I just want to take a second to thank everyone for uh, all the nice birthday messages that you guys sent out for me. Um, The question that I got the most was how old are you? I'm 35 now. (laughs) So um, no, thank you everyone. Thank you everyone for the nice messages and uh, in the, in the tweets and everything. It was, it was great Uh, for me. It ended up being a quiet day. I had chicken alfredo and chocolate cake. So that was, uh, that was my day. But I had the day off work, so it worked out.
0: And uh, for me, I want—I just want to send out my condolences again to the families at, uh, in Laval, but also to the uh, the Richard family here in Halifax. Uh, Brady Richard, who plays for the Dartmouth Whalers out of Eastern Passage, here in Halifax, he—he uh, he passed away from cancer. Now, this is a kid that my son has played hockey against uh, and it's just a tragedy. So my final thought is, can you, if, if you can donate to a cancer charity, donate some uh, volunteer, some time at an oncology ward, try and help out a little bit because uh, cancer affects everybody and it is not It sucks. It really sucks. And I feel terrible for these families. Uh, I hate starting and ending a show on such low notes, but this week has been difficult for good news. And hopefully next week we're going to be filled with the good news, like tons of trades, first round picks, uh, everything, everything to your heart's desires. But for now, please, if you can help out cancer charities, as best you could possibly do. Um, And for our listeners, thank you very much for everything that you guys have been doing, sending us all those, uh, those messages, emails. I've passed on some of your comments to coach Dan Errol, who was on our show earlier this week, letting him know how much you guys appreciated his, his uh, input. And uh, he really appreciates all the support that you've uh, provided him. And We appreciate the support you give us. Uh, You've, you helped make this show uh, a successful one. We're now on Cryer Media and we never would have made it to this point had it not been for you guys and Matt's beautiful
1: face. I do what I can do what I can. Thank you.
0: Well, you're getting old now. You're going to have to moisturize. That's true. (laughs) So uh, I want to thank everyone again for listening. And uh, remember if you're talking about it, so are we.